Is this 80? 79? Yeah, I think so. I think it is. Yep. Critical End episode 80. Okay. Whoever thought we'd get this far? <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Who's still listening should be the name of the episode. <laughs> to move on to 2011. Wait, were either of these films 2011? No. Okay, um, <laughs> so they were 2009, actually. No, they both are. They both are. These okay. are two first double shots of 2011, apparently. The Mechanic, which is a remake, which we didn't at first know it was a remake, and I didn't no. have time to see the original, but you did. Usually we're up on these things, though. Yeah. Um, and that's an action movie with Jason Statham, and we have The Right, which is an exorcism movie with Anthony Hopkins. What do you want to uh, open the show with here? Um, can we open The Right? Because that's sure. the first one I saw. Look, I saw it in the opposite order, so we'll see if that affected things, because I really think my opinion of the right was affected by having just seen the mechanic. But we'll oh, see. really? Yeah. See, when I actually went up and I was like, um, can I have two tickets to the right mechanic? Right. And they were uh, like, the, we have the right stuff. Which, would, if, hey, if there was a movie called The Right Mechanic, R-I-T-E, right right uh, uh-huh. when Jason Statham had to, ex- uh, had to get demons out of Anthony Hopkins, uh-huh. I'd so see that movie. If he did it with action and guns, I would oh, see Oh, of it. course. A yeah. lot of flying through the air. Right. And crank style, too. Crank style. <laughs> At the end, Anthony Hopkins grows really big and crushes the city. Well, that's why I was happy about seeing the mechanic, because I, I wanted another you know, crank style dose of uh, Jason Statham. We'll get to that in a second, though. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's get to the mechanic first. So, no, to the right. right. Sorry. So, the right, here's what I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I, don't, I hate to ruin my opinion of both movies, but like, I'm going to give you the overall view of this, which is that I think that both of these movies are pretty mediocre. They're not really bad. Okay. They're just sort of mediocre, but I really think that because I saw them both in one day, I was automatically going to like the second one the least. Because after I saw the first mediocre movie, the last thing I wanted to do was see another mediocre movie. Right, true. So I saw The Right second, which is why I didn't enjoy it as much as The Mechanic. But The, the Right is one of the most like slow, boring Exorcist films I've ever yeah, seen, when you know like, exactly where they're going with it. It's like going from uh, like Red Bull Ryan to like NyQuil or something. Right, um, NyQuil Ryan. You're, you're instantly... like. L- slowed like way idea. down. Um, and The Riot, we should mention, was the number one film for the week, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it, that, should, that tells people still love these exorcism films. Uh, anything that's sort of like religious-based, I think, draws people in, because it's kind of a mysterious thing in some ways still. Sure. Um, but there's nothing new going on here for the most part. And I had hopes, because I'm like, okay, Anthony Hopkins is in this movie. Um, but then on my way to the theater, I'm like, well, you know, Anthony Hopkins was in The Wolfman. Right. So, See, oh, that's oh, the thing. Wait a minute now. Um, maybe he's not quite. Maybe I, I don't. In his old age, he's not getting as choosy as he should be. Uh, <laughs> Entertainment Weekly said that he just needs to retire and play King Lear the rest of his life with, like, you know, some London Shakespeare company. Uh, and I agree. Um, I'm not going to go that far with it, especially because I do think his performance in this movie was really good. Oh no, it's very good. Yes. He is not just phoning it in, or if he is, he's doing it real well because uh, he is. He has great. Um, a great. He has a bunch of great scenes. Um, and it, it's, it's great throughout. But the performance doesn't save the movie itself, which is about this young priest 
whose essentially faith is tested when he's oh. asked to go perform exorcisms, which is also the plot of the Omen, by the way. I was gonna say, tell me a plot. <laughs> tell me an exorcism plot we haven't heard already. Yeah, I mean, oh. and it's like it's oh. not even like. So it's like they don't do anything differently than the Omen did, or any of these exorcism movies. It's all just people getting possessed and you know becoming stronger than they usually are and doing crazy things and speaking in tongues. Um, and they don't even just try to like outdo something like The Exorcist with more exactly. elaborate effects or more interesting story or anything like that. Um, it's it's just really like uh, it's The Exorcist, you know, turned down a notch a little bit. It's not that bad, you know, because seeing old Anthony Hopkins in this is not as exciting as seeing Linda Blair, who was a young kid. So really, it's not as anywhere near intense. And I don't really know why. It's one of the movies where I don't know why you make it. I guess it's just like it's, I think there's no creativity felt- involved in it. I felt like they were trying to make a more realistic exorcism film. And there's even like a throwaway line about how it's not like the exorcist uh, that Hopkins has, um, the, the movie. Um, yeah. And, you know, for the, for the beginning of the movie, I was, I was with it for the most part. I kind of liked uh, this kid's background. He's going to priesthood. I like the Rector Howard thing with his dad was interesting. That was um, all good. I wish that had been more a part of the story. I agree. And seeing uh, Rector Howard get an end credit, I'm like, okay, cool. This movie could be going someplace mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once he gets to school and he started, you know, then he gets to Rome. I'm like, okay, this. I feel like nothing's ever gonna happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, they're like, okay, here's the big first scene uh, where you get to like meet this demon or whatnot. Nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of realized I was gonna be settled with this the rest of the film. I thought everyone was doing a great job for the most part. Um, I liked a lot of the characters. Uh, it was a pretty film. It, there wasn't anything super awesome about the direction, which is weird. Cause it's the same uh, Swedish director who brought us uh, 1408. Okay. Um, the John Cusack Stephen King film, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. That's like a very pretty, uh, strange, scary movie, too. Well, I guess um, it's one of those directors who is not as in tune with uh, for the good script versus a bad script. It's just sort of like, right. here's an interesting a thing, I'll just, you know. Right, right. Um, and it, it shows in this movie. It never really takes off. Um, I, I, I don't know if it was number one again this week, but word of mouth probably killed it, if anything. Um, Hopkins does a great job. Everyone does a great job, I guess I should say. Uh, I feel like there's failed plot points. Uh, there, I definitely feel like they added in some scary effects in the end. I'm like, no, that was supposed to be there originally, but some studio guy looked at it. He's like, okay, add some scary whispering here. Yeah, uh, and there's maybe some... Maybe some CG face effects here. Exactly. That looked a lot very very afterthought-y. Because, um, yeah, it doesn't look like look like that was supposed to be in the scene. No one's ever flying through the air doing things strange. Mm-hmm. Besides um, so that stuff, you're right about the performances. Actually, all around they're pretty good. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the female lead, but no, she was yeah. fine. The uh, the male lead, who was an unknown to me, I'm sure he's been other stuff. He was actually really good. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a nice discovery in a film like this. I hope he goes on the better things, uh, especially next to Anthony Hopkins. It's hard to to outact that. Oh, that's true. But he holds his own. He really does. And I guess I should what we're coming back to with the performances is Anthony Hopkins, who does a great job. Um, it's I, I don't think I'm giving it away since it's in the promotional material that mm-hmm. he does get possessed at some right. point. And he totally sells you on that, too. Right. Um, and I give him full credit for that. The movie itself, though, I give hardly any credit whatsoever. I'm pretty mean to this. Uh, do you have a, a rating for this film? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's mediocre. I'm trying to recognize the fact that I was in a bad mood to see it, so I'm thinking it's not... Movie. Sir, would you like to take a... No double legs, the concession stand. We have a bunch of crunch. Well, a bunch of crunch, but I don't like a moon. Um, <laughs> Sir, just sit down already. Can you just please start... stop talking? Oh, you're talking about No, so I, I really do think it's just a mediocre film that goes on a little bit too long. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it's so bland and boring. So I gave it a five. 
I am. Um, I flirted with a four for a while, and you're making me kind of feel like I should have stuck with that, but I actually dropped to a three. That's fair. Um, I would not wish this movie on anyone. I would not recommend it to anyone. Um, I had uh, I, I had some friends who wanted to see it, and I just flat out told them it's not worth it in any way. That's true. There's no reason to see it. But, I mean, the fact the movie itself isn't made poorly, which is why I don't get it to give it a lower it's score. Not, it's really not. I feel like uh, the script could have been like a made-for-TV type script, though. I agree. Uh, nothing exciting going on. I, and the right. So I'd say skip the right. I agree. And, like, let me ask you this, because we talked about it just slightly with um, The Last Exorcism, with the movie, not the last time we had an exorcism. Um, what is the, the, what's the original exorcism plot? How do you do that in an interesting way these days? I don't know. See, I kind of like The Last Exorcism, and what they did for that, that I, honestly is not that original, was they're like, oh, let's just give it a documentary feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also had fun with it. I think that's kind of the key. Don't take it completely seriously, but don't make it a flat-out comedy. Mm-hmm. Because it's pretty much the same thing. It's the guy who doesn't have any faith, and suddenly he's put in a situation where he has to use faith that he doesn't have. Um, well, one of the ideas we had on the last Exorcism show, if I remember, was the priest himself gets possessed, which this basically is. And this right. still wasn't done interestingly. Yeah, it's true. Well, I kind of want the um, the main character to be the priest for that to actually work. I don't uh, yeah. But I, I want the twist, the third act twist, to be like the the main character we follow this entire time is now the one possessed. And uh, I either want him fighting it off himself, or some of the one of the outside characters that we've kind of seen have to come in and try and save him. Yeah, uh, maybe a character we didn't trust before. I don't know. That would have been more dramatic. I agree. Anyway, so the right. It's just a free trip to Rome for a lot of these stars. That's true. Basically, that's that essentially what they said to that main character at the beginning. Yeah, that's so, it's true. Yeah. All in character. <laughs> um, so uh, the mechanic then. Uh, uh, you know, like I said, we're usually up on these things, but it turns out the mechanic is a remake of a '70s Charles Bronson film. Yeah, which I, when I saw it, like you were like, "Oh, it's a remake." I'm like, oh, "I should see that. I should try to see that before we record." And I never got around to it. But then I looked it up today, and I was like, "It was Charles Bronson." Ah, I really should have seen it. Let me uh, tell you this: it's the same director as the first three Death Wish movies. Right now, I saw the first three Death Wish movies. I have this rule that I'll stick with any series of films until one of them uh, gets a below a five out of ten rating. Okay, okay. Ryan. So any time someone gets, like, you know, a four or less. Does not explain why you've seen all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I got, all, I got the series off. Well, some series, I am just instantly want to see all of right, it. Right, right, right. Like, I thought I'd do that with Police Academy, and after watching the first Police Academy, I was like, no more. <laughs> um, they only but, get worse from there. They only get worse from there. <laughs> uh, but, no, the um, uh, I watched the first three Death Wish. The first one was actually good, I thought. Yeah. Um, the second one was okay. The third one is one of the best worst movies ever. Um, it's serious. okay. The first one, you know, his family gets killed. Okay. Right. The second one's like his sister's family gets killed, and you're like, okay, this is a bit of a stretch, but it's Charles Bronson. He'll take the trash now. Mm-hmm. The third one, the entire neighborhood gets killed for the most part, Ryan. <laughs> so this is true. It's just like inner city New York. While he was out to like get eggs, he comes oh, back. He, like, he goes to visit like his old war friend, and he's living in this like, rundown apartment. It's all these old people living in this old apartment in New York, right? Yeah. I think it's New York. Uh, it's not like made up comic book city. Of, uh, I'm almost sure. And he's like, oh, every night they come, they steal something, and it's terrible. And then they, like, all die. So he's like, oh, no, no way. So he goes out and starts oh, no, the entire did neighborhood up. Charles Bronson versus the entire inner city neighborhood. Wow. Um, and it, it was uh, awesomely bad. I gave it a 3 out of 10, so I was like, no more. And apparently Charles Bronson hated it, too, yet he went on to do 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. Um, but during this time, with the same director, he made The Mechanic. And he was uh, already, like, has... 50 during The Mechanic, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He still looks pretty good, though. It's kind of amazing. Charles Bronson didn't really age. He had that same, like, shaggy haircut the whole time. Yeah. I think that helped. Um, but uh, it's very, very much a Grindhouse film. It has all those... Like, now we've seen so many homages to Grindhouse films, we know what to look for. Mm. It has those great opening credits for the entire... You see all the credits pretty much at the beginning. Mm. When it says the title, you get the copyright at the bottom. 
Um, all those great things. And the first thing you see is like this uh, dull gray sky, and it just stands there for a minute. You're like, oh, what's going to happen? Also, Charles Bronson's head comes into the frame. You're like, yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it even has this, uh, and I don't know. I, I felt like I, I, you know, I went home and watched this after I saw Jason Statham version. But if, I think I would have really, really hated the Jason Statham version if I'd seen this movie first. Yeah. Because there's some great action sequences. There's this really, really cool dirt bike race sequence where he's like, oh, the bad guy's getting away on the dirt bike. He's like, oh, there's a dirt bike here for me to take two. <laughs> well, luckily. So Charles Bruns zips his jacket up, of course, and puts a helmet on. So you can tell it's obviously a stuntman. Right. And he goes out chasing the guy. He chases them off. First, they, you know, they crash some old people's lawn party and everything. It's really cool. But then he goes off the uh, the bad guy goes off a cliff, and as soon as he hits the ground, it instantly explodes. I'm like, <laughs> this is an awesome movie. It's just no delay. It's just like boom. Um, and I'm like, wow. You know, I would have loved to see this Jason Statham do stuff like this. And you know, it, it, a dirt bike race. Come on, you need that in a, a remake. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I actually, uh, I don't, I won't, I'll hold my rating off for that one in a few minutes. But let's get to the Jason Statham version. Well, I can already tell based on what you said that the Jason Statham version is very different because the yes. Statham version opens with a long scene of Jason Statham, who we're supposed to be is supposed to be demonstrating that he's like the top hit man ever. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he drowns a defenseless man in a pool by just holding him under. Yeah. And then leaves without doing anything else. And we're like, what a badass. It's like, I don't know, I think maybe I could have pulled that hit off. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, the, uh, by contrast, um, the Charles Bronson version opens with this very, very long 20-minute segment where almost no one talks, where he uh, pretty much uh, follows this guy around town for a while, and then he goes into his apartment, he sets up all these small little things. And it's this very, like, Rube Goldberg-type thing. The guy has to turn his oven on, make tea, the tea's been playing, he falls asleep for five minutes and his apartment blows up. Yeah. It's crazy things like that. It's completely different. However, all the plot elements are the same, um, which were in that um, uh, he's J- the Jason State. The mechanic character is told to do uh, a hit on pretty much his mentor, right? The man he's been working for all these years. Okay. Um, he's been told that the uh, this is, I'm now discussing both versions, of mm-hmm. course, because it's pretty much the same. He's been told that uh, this guy's actually been stealing money from the company and pretty much uh, turning a bunch of them in for what they've been doing. Um, so he does it with uh, very little remorse. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it turns out that the man had a son, uh, and through a series of not very wacky events, the son's like, "Listen, I kind of need this. Um, this is like I have all this anger. I want to take it on something. So right. teach me everything you know." And the son does not know that main character killed his dad. Exactly right. So there's always that um, in the back of the movie. However, there is some plot stuff going on. Other than that, um, and towards the end of the film, they do get back to the fact that it's like, "Hey, you killed my dad." All that's the exact same in both versions. There's, he's even he even listens to the same music. Um, there's, it, they're very similar. In fact, they're the same producers, which is kind of funny. Huh. Uh, but it's just all he did was update everyone has cell phones now, and there's more explosions in the Jason Statham version. The, that surprises me because I feel like there's a the Jason Statham version is very action light. Uh, maybe I'm just you know used no, I, to no, so I, much action. Yeah. Right. But, like, well, I guess you see Crank and you're like, well, geez, it's got to, you know, like, I can't get more action than that. <laughs> but action, yeah. Um, but it's like, the stuff that they do does not strike me as that action-y. And I feel like, um, that I, feel, I feel like there's a big chunk of the movie, like 20 minutes, where nothing really happens to move the plot forward. It's just sort of like, here's some wacky stuff of me training, you know, Ben Foster. I'm just talking the Jason Statham version, I don't know about the original. Yeah. But here's some wacky stuff of training Ben Foster how to be uh, an assassin, but it's not that interesting, it's not that action-packed, and it's, it does yeah, nothing to weird, do with the overall plot. That's right. The weird thing about that is that he teaches him in a matter of 
like a, in a montage, pretty much. Like I felt like that should have been a bigger part of the movie more than anything. Um, it's kind of a throwaway. And then when we leave Statham to follow Ben Foster doing stuff, we don't care so much. Yeah, like we're, we paid to see a Jason Statham movie. We want to see him doing these big hand-to-hand combat action scenes. Well, that, it's weird because uh, Ben Foster's major hand-to-hand scene happens before the training, so I guess he just kind of knew how to be a badass a little bit anyway for some reason. It's, well, he also blatantly ignores uh, uh, the mechanic Jason Statham's advice uh, for a good part of his training and never seems reprimanded for it. It's true. It never seems to come back around to him uh, until, of course, the end when you know all the stuff starts going down. But it's also the uh, the kid in the original. I'm not to do like an exact comparison. Over here, it makes more sense because he's kind of the spoiled rich kid. Uh-huh. He's had everything his whole life, and he's kind of watched what his dad's done, so he kind of has this training already. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also a spoiled rich kid, right? Well, this kid in the uh, Ben Foster's character is kind of like this um, this drug and alcohol abuser um, who just has so quick to anger. I can't see him ever like I would never as a mechanic I would never take him on like you know I'll try to do my job I lay at the bottom of the pool Ryan right whack you so in a wetsuit for three hours waiting for three hours I did I was so shriveled by the time that was over uh-huh. let me send you the pictures no why did uh, you oh, oh. <laughs> uh, don't open that JPEG <laughs> don't um, but, open that JPEG but it was um musical no I don't know I was let down a lot by this movie and I don't know what I've been expecting from Jason Statham. Um, as of late, but I think his past movies have kind of told me what to expect. This might be the problem. Although, with this film, I read uh, Satan did an interview where he says he's going to try and move away from stuff like the Craig films um, and the Transporters, which is that over-the-top action. Yeah, this was more realistic, or slightly so, I suppose. Mine actually hurt it, I think. But it's, it does, because it's, it's begging to be over-the-top. I mean, like, here's the thing. You could also play this movie like a quiet spy-type movie, where it's like all those assassinations are very subtle. But if you're going to do that, it has to be directed completely differently than it was, because it was directed like it was supposed to be an action movie and failing at it. Right. Um, and the original does play a lot more subtle. Sure, people fly off cliffs and their motorcycle blows up. But like I said, there's this opening where no one talks, pretty much just very quiet setting stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus you had Charles Bronson doing this all this sort of like with a wink. Mm-hmm. Um, Statham is very, no matter, even in like a Craig film, he's very into what he's always doing. Mm-hmm. Everything's super serious. And we like Statham, I think, yeah, as, for the most part. Oh, yeah. Um, but this is not a Statham film I'd recommend. Uh, it, it also goes off course way too much, and around the end when it finally comes back to that plot we heard earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. it seems kind of late. Um, it also has, I think, a pretty late-in-the-game twist, too, by finally getting back to the You Killed My Father stuff. It, it, it's way too late. It, that should have been a much larger part of the film, because that's the only bit of plot they really had. So it seems like they just ignore it forever and then use it for the end. Now, the last five minutes of the movie are really good, and I wish that the rest of the movie had lived up to it. I felt like, not knowing it was a remake when I saw it, I felt like somebody had an idea for a movie that was those last five minutes, and wrote something leading up to it that just didn't, like, pan out. Because that seemed like, that's the idea for the movie, of, like, this end scene is what the idea for the movie should be. Well, here's how rushed it is, um, in comparison. The, uh, the, the uh, new uh, Jason Statham version has this great bit where, basically, he finds the gun used, or his dad's old gun, he's like, oh, it was totally Jason Statham who did it, right? Right, That's it. it. That's everything he needs. Well, in the original, um, mechanic uh, Charles Bronson finds all the guy's files and he discovers that this guy has files on him, uh, the mechanic himself. So he's like, oh, you know, this guy figured out what I'm doing, what I did, and now he's coming after me. So he actually opens his own file on the kid and starts, like, trying to figure out a way to get back to him. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. There's a lot of pronouns here. So wait, Charles Bronson finds finds out that the kid is keeping files on everybody? Yes, well, because he's taught him, like, you keep the, you know, it's that same thing we see in the new version where you peg the stuff up on the wall and all that. Oh, okay, he says, okay. So so he's following his own training, but he keeps one on Charles Bronson. Yes, he realizes that the kid is now, he's using the training that he taught the kid. Um, No, the kid is using the training that he taught him 
to get back at him. Well, that would be um, a good scene. I wish I'd yeah, seen that. Yeah, no, it's great actually, and it's early. It's not early in the movie, but you know, it's like uh, it's a lot. Uh, I'd say it's second act twist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know instantly where this movie's heading. Like, okay, this is kind of cool. So now it's a cat and mouse type thing. Yeah. And so they're both keeping files on each other, but they don't. They don't think the other one knows that. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see where that goes. Um, and it's for the most part, it's the exact same ending, which I thought was a good ending in both versions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but. I don't know. Overall, uh, the Charles Bronson version gets a five from me. Um, it, it's a guilty pleasure. It's a seven all the way. Um, it's a much better and much more fun film, and I would highly recommend it if you're even thinking about seeing the mechanic, um, and you're just a so-so Jason Statham fan. Because if you're thinking about seeing the mechanic, it's probably just for Jason Statham. Um, then just stay in and watch the Netflix version. It's watched instantly. Mm. Um, if you do see the Jason Statham version, you might be entertained for the most part. I don't think it's worth the seven or nine bucks, whatever they're charging nowadays. Yeah. I, I agree, I, and I was entertained for the most part. Um, it's just sort of, it's it just, it wasn't worth seeing. But again, like the right, it was like, well, it's not poorly made. It's fine, you know. It's not, it's not bad. All the performances are pretty good, so I gave it a five. Um, I'll go for four on this one. Okay. Um, I'm saying Charles Bronson version all the way for this, and Ryan, you should check it out too, actually. I'd love to see it. You're right, I should. It's you know, it's a fun Saturday night, if anything. It's it's a quick hour and a half or whatever, too. Okay. Um, but that's this week. Um, next week we can plug, yes. Yeah, um, we're going to see creepy girl, girl, girl on girl stalkery stuff with the roommate. <laughs> the roommate, yeah. Billy Zane's mixed in with those girls somewhere too. Uh, Billy Zane um, needs to return to his his roots and get back to being awesome. So this is going to be great. Billy Zane, yeah. This is, this will be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm already call, calling that Billy Zane is involved somehow, um, and I hope that he, by being in the movie is one. Rats probably just too. in general. Um, well, I hope that he's their college professor or something where totally miscast. <laughs> he's got um, like the glasses. Right, 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 right. That's all. That's all they'll do because he looks exactly the same and everything. Um, so anyway, since the, uh, it uh, should be fun. If you think I, you don't, you probably won't see this movie, but listen to us because it'll be fun to talk about. I'm sure. Totally. Since the Dark Knight Rises is getting a lot of buzz recently, I should bring up again my idea for a Batman movie, which is uh, an Egypt themed. Uh, Batman movie where Billy Zane plays a totally revamped version of King Tut. Yes. And takes over and turns like Gotham into sort of a you know Egypt kind of thing. And then you have Catwoman in there as well because of course it's cats and Egypt all go together. Perfect combination. Can we get um, uh, like Fallout Boy to do a cover of Steve Martin's King Tut? Yes, we can. That's not going to be in the film, but we can do it. Possible. (laughs) It's from the music inspired by soundtrack. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Martin's like the hell. From and inspired by. Yeah, he didn't realize it. <laughs> he sampled in it. Um, he sampled the Fat Boys actually did it. I yeah. hope that's okay. Oh, terrible. Um, uh, iTunes has been getting a lot of action as of late mm-hmm. uh, with us rocking the jukebox and whatnot. It's true. We have uh, made plans with our contest winner for what the his request will be. We're going to do a special show just for him, which is going to be awesome pretty soon. Yes, stay tuned for news for that. That'll be coming up uh, before you know it. Yep. Um, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, critical End on both. And uh, also visit us at criticalend.com where you'll see blog posts updated every weekday and all sorts of other cool stuff from us. The awesomeness never stops. Mm-hmm. Glenn's in town. Glenn? When Glenn's in town. Oh, he's in Glenn's in town. It's like, Glenn, Glenn Miller comes into town. Why is, why is Glenn oh, coming to town? Is what are you he... even talking about? Every this time is, Glenn I'm, comes I'm in. Kind, honestly, I'm kind of off this show, I think, because we're not doing it on a regular schedule. We're doing it like it's a bright, sunny day here. It's a Saturday. That's true. And then we'll have another one Monday. So really, God, we're so off. That might be too much Ryan. 
It's true. I'll just do one by myself, and you do one by yourself, and we'll just edit it together. I'm sure we'll say the exact same things. <laughs> it might even overlap. That'd be kind of kind of creepy, actually. I'm like, hi, I'm Ryan. You're like, hi, I'm Ryan. <laughs> I just listened into your show. Right, he's mostly on the internet beforehand. So. All the material. Um, that's about it for me. All right, cool. Well, we'll see you guys next. Actually, not next week, because if I can get this up by Monday, well, then you'll see you Wednesday. So you get two this week. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. And for free. All for free. Ryan, I wish Glenn came to town more often. That's <laughs> true. He is such a nice guy. Um, <laughs> smells weird, though. Just slightly. Yeah.